Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Let's worship, shall we? Would you stand and sing with us, please? Two and one, two, three, four. church family. It's great to see you all here this Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all of you ladies. We have a few announcements. Join us on Sunday, May 15th for campfire worship from 6 to 8 p.m. Dinner and s'mores will be provided. On Sunday, May 22nd, please join us for the summer food distribution box packing event for the Thornton and Wanky schools. It will be held at 10 a.m. in the fellowship hall during what is normally our Sunday school hour. Last, on Sunday, June 5th, will be the return of our Coffee, Kids, and Life Sunday School class. 
the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 2 through 12, which is found on page 921 in your pew Bible. Some Pharisees approached him to test him. They asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He replied to them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. But Jesus told them, he wrote this command for you because of your hardness of your hearts. From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not separate. Now in the house, the disciples questioned him again about this matter, and he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And also, if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Loving God, we gather in this place today to worship you and give you thanks. We praise you for all you give us. May we always be thankful. Open our hearts and our understanding this morning as your word is proclaimed. We know that your steadfast love is better than life. Guide us that we may seek you in spirit and in truth. Teach us to be pure, loving, honest, and unselfish. Remind us often that we serve you alone and not other voices. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see all of you here on this beautiful spring morning. Another cool front. This morning... We're going to take an opportunity that we probably don't do often enough, and that's to uh, recognize someone that does an outstanding job around here, usually outstanding in the playground. Jesse, come on down. You know, so so anyway, we are recognizing Jesse this morning for her outstanding service to this congregation, and. We have a plaque of appreciation here, which says, We hereby honor Jesse Spina with this award in recognition for your passion, unconditional commitment, and enduring dedicated service as Director of Christian Education at Lotus Hills United Methodist Church for the past five years. Thank you. <laughs> it's all yours. Has it been five years? It's been a lot of coffee. It's been a lot of coffee. <laughs> the kids are like, we've seen you drink it all. We have our campfire worship, and it'll be focused on how faith plays into our health and what that means for us as Christians. And we'd love to have you all there as well with our s'mores and our dinner. At this time, I'll invite the kiddos forward. We've got a couple of them here. Let's invite them forward. Not many. Not many. There were a lot of people at first service. So now it's a hangout service. So what is today? Do you guys know what today is? Mothers, there's so much enthusiasm. It's Mother's Day. Ugh, I have to behave today. What? It's Mother's Day, that's right. And we've been talking the past couple weeks about what we could do to honor the moms in our church. And we have a surprise for the mamas in our church, right? But before we get there, I wanted to talk about what this day can mean for other people. And how it can be a day of joy 
in a lot of people's lives, but it can also be a day that's kind of hard for a lot of people. In fact, it's a day that's kind of hard in my family. My husband's mother passed away 10 years ago, and so this Mother's Day is especially hard in our house for him and for uh, his, his family because they don't have their mama here to celebrate them. And I think that's a common case for a lot of people. Mother's Day can be hard because you've either lost your mama or maybe a mama has lost her baby, and that can be a really hard thing. Maybe you don't have a mama in your life. The mama who gave birth to you isn't the mama who's raised you. Maybe there's all sorts of reasons why Mother's Day could be a hard day. And it's hard to talk about those things. But I think it's important as a church and as a family that, that we do talk about why Mother's Day can be hard as well as happy, right? So when we're going through today and we're looking around at the mamas we have in our life, it's important to remember that mamas aren't people who give birth to babies. Everybody has a mama who gave birth to them, right? We wouldn't be here without that. But that person isn't always the person who raises you. That person isn't always the mama that shows up for you every single day to let you know that you're loved and you're cared for. We have other people who do that sometimes, right? Sometimes it's uh, a grandma or an aunt who is that person who's there for you every single day and fills that role of mama. Sometimes you'll find that you have mamas in school. You'll have teachers who act like a mama towards you, who act like that mentor. Sometimes you'll have friends who act like a mama towards you, and they, they become that sort of safe place. That's what a mama is to me. She's that safe place that I can land at, right? My mama, when I would have a really bad day, and for some reason I just thought about one of the worst days I had when I was in school. It was a really scary day. And many people out there are going to know what it was because it was September 11, 2001. I was a freshman in high school on that day. And I remember being very confused. You guys will learn about it in school when you're, when you're older. But it was a day that was very confusing and very scary for many people. And I distinctly remember that hug I got from my mama when I got home that day. And how all of those pieces that were scared and that were broken and that I just couldn't put together myself, her hug just fixed all those things for me, right? She stuck them all back together. And that was the best mom hug I think I could pull up right now in my mind. Have you guys had a mom hug like that when you've had a really bad day? And you get home and you just, mama's hug fixes everything, right? She sticks all those broken parts back together. We have those mamas around us. In fact, God's built a family for us right here in this room, full of mamas. Every woman in this church fills the role of mama at some time or another in God's family. Whether she's had a baby or not, whether her baby's here at church with her or not, she fills the role of mama to other people. God's called us to share his love with other people, to provide a safe place for them, to encourage them, to teach them what they need to do when they get older, right? And that's what a mama does. And every woman here out there can do that for you at some point or another. I know that I have mamas out here that are the same age as me. They're my friend mamas, and they friend mommy all the time. Like, has anybody had that happen? I have it happen all the time. So I must misbehave when my moms friend me, and they tell me, girl, what do you think you're doing, right? Have you had that when your friend does that to you? Or maybe it's um, just another lady in the church who's there for you to say a kind word to you when you need it, to lift you up, right? Maybe it's a teacher that you have, a coach, a mentor. There are mamas all around you that are here to teach you about God's love, to show you his love, to make you feel safe and encouraged, to help you grow into the person that you are supposed to be in God's kingdom. And one day you guys will be those mamas to other people, whether you ever have babies or not, right? 
you will still be a mama in God's church. And we want to honor all mamas today. So we're going to say a poem. We've been working on this poem at Sunday school, right, for the past couple of weeks. So we're going to have the kiddos stand up and say the poem. My readers, it's up there for you. Ooh, I fell. It's up on the slides for you. And um, my non-readers, you can go ahead and just say along what you remember, okay? You guys ready? I'm going to start us off. I said a Mother's Day prayer for you to thank the Lord above for blessing me with a lifetime of your tender-hearted love. And thank God for the caring you've shown me through the years, for the carelessness you've enjoyed in time of laughter and tears. And so I thank you from the heart for all you've done for me. And bless the Lord for giving me the best church moms there could be. All right. Amen. We want to say happy Mother's Day to all our church mamas out there. We're going to exit out the side for spark worship, all right? Well, good morning again. I'll start our, our rainbows and rattlesnake with the rainbow it is to see all of you here on this beautiful, beautiful morning. Praise the Lord. You know, I was joking earlier. It was it was 105 on our back porch yesterday, and it's springtime, right? Wow. Praise the Lord. It's a good thing. I'm sure there's, a, um, I'm sure there's good behind it somewhere, all right? We had our second annual Holotus House and Neighborly Service Summit yesterday. Right now, there are 16 churches that take part in those activities, and that's a good thing because the body of Christ is working together through you know, the different denominations working together. That's a good thing. We ought not have denominations in the first place, right? We ought to be followers of Jesus, the body of Christ, period. But since we are what we are, we have some differences. So, uh, But anyway, we can also work together. Praise the Lord for unity. Amen. What other rainbows and our rattlesnakes do we have this morning? Uh, I have both the rainbow and a rattlesnake. Rainbow, Mary Faye is doing much, much better. Praise In fact, I heard she's just about back to normal, so that's a big praise. And then the rattlesnake is our grandson Mason got bit by a pit bull last night. And he's all stitched up, but just prayers that, you know, it doesn't get infected and no lasting damage. Right. Oh, so we want to lift up Mason. Oh, Lord, we pray. I would like prayers that the person who is ordering my hearing aid knows what the date is. She ordered the wrong ones. She wanted me to pay for the more expensive ones. And we're trying to find them because I can't hear your wonderful sermons and all the wonderful things that are going on. So please pray that somebody will find the right hearing aid. Okay, so we want to lift up. And a few other family issues. We want to lift up her quest for hearing aids. Oh, Lord, we pray. I am very, very happy because part of my family is here. Yeah. My grandson, my son-in-law, and my daughter. All right. Praise the Lord, Ophelia. Oh, Lord, we pray. Just want to lift up a rainbow. We have our son, Kevin, with us this weekend. Okay. Praise the Lord for family. Uh, we're just real thrilled to celebrate Josh's birthday yesterday. All right. 
All right. Praise the Lord for birthdays. I'll lift up Sharon. Sharon's going to have a procedure on Wednesday. So we want to lift her up. I told her I was sure everything would go back well, and, and then she'd be back for choir on Wednesday night. Oh, Lord, we pray. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that you bless us with. Lord, we lift up all of those who need healing. We know that you are the great physician. You can heal them. We thank you for this morning for family. We celebrate family today and the blessing that it is for all of us. Lord, we lift up those who live in areas of violence and war. We particularly lift up our Christian brothers and sisters in the Ukraine and Afghanistan, any place in the, war, in the world where there's violence. Lord, I ask that you would cause all of those who call themselves Christians to do what they can to bring about peace, and to alleviate suffering in this world. Lord, I lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world. I ask, Lord, that you would have them follow your will so that we could live together as your children. Lord, I ask that you would open our ears and our understanding as your word is proclaimed this morning, that we might absorb it to become better followers of your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, today is the festival of the Christian family. It's uh, another thing that it's known as. And our families... Are, are the basic relationship that all of us have in life. They're the basic, and they're also, at least for the first part of our life, there could be discussion otherwise, but at least for the per first part of our life, definitely the most important relationships in our lives. And I would hope for all of us that they continue to be throughout life. There are a variety of opinions about families and, and all of that. And as Jesse alluded to earlier, you know, even having celebrations of things like Mother's Day because not everybody can be a mother. Not everybody had a good mother. Some folks lost their mothers early in life. But I still think that the most important crucible if you will, for forming any of us for spiritual formation, and that's what it really is. We are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings, so 
our formation is a spiritual formation. And everybody has a spiritual formation. Whether you're Mother, Mother Teresa or Attila the Hun, you had a spiritual formation of some kind or the other. And our families, as I said earlier, hopefully are the place where we get a good formation. Now, Jesus said early on in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 13, he said, you are the salt of the earth. Pretty serious responsibility. And then in 14, he said, you are the light of the world. Now, if we unpack those words, there are several things here. One is us, the church, and the world are separate things. And in this particular context, salt, salt is a valuable commodity. At one time, salt was used as a medium of exchange, and that's where the word salary comes from, right? You get paid your salt. That's what salary means. One of the valuable, valuable things about salt and the context that Jesus uses it here is it preserves things. It preserves things. The unsaid implication here is, is that the earth is something that rots, that decays, that cannot save itself, and it needs something to preserve it. Salt. And Jesus said, that's us. We are the salt of the earth. He went on to say, too, that we're the light of the world, which, again, would imply that the world is a dark place, and it needs some light. You know, there are a lot of people in the world that think they are enlightened, but they're really not. They're walking around in darkness. Again, as Jesus said, the blind leading the blind, and they're both going to fall into the pit. That being said, I want to read our scripture for the day, which comes from Proverbs chapter 31. And as I'm prone to do, I'll, I'll, I'll put in a commercial for my favorite Christian activity other than prayer, and that's reading your Bible. And if you're not in the habit of reading your Bible every day, shame on you. It's really that simple. You need to do it. It's as important as eating. It really is. Man does not live by bread alone. So Proverbs has 31 chapters. I almost forgot my point. I do that sometimes, right? Proverbs has 31 chapters. A good number of the months have 31 days. So if you read a chapter a day of Proverbs, and it's pretty painless, the chapters are relatively short, and they're full of good information and ways to live your life. Go to the ant, you sluggard, right? Or some translations say lazy bones. But uh, today's reading does come from Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. Consider the word of the Lord. A capable wife... Who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. 
the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and tasks for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all her household are clothed in crimson. She makes herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the city gates, taking his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchant with sashes. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her happy, her husband too, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a share in the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the city gates. The word of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who gives us all we need for life and godliness, if we but accept. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. First thing I want to say about this is that this isn't just about a good wife or a righteous woman, whatever, whatever you want to use. This is a metaphor for the divine presence. The Hebrew scholars, when you look back and, and, and read about it, one of the things they say about this passage is that it's, it's about the Torah. It's about the law and what that brings into your life. And others, like I said, say it's like the, the Shekinah glory of God 
this talks about God's presence and the things that take place when we realize God's presence. There's also a very interesting thing that I read from the NRSV, and the NRSV is what most of the pew Bibles are, although I found out a while back there's, there's some other kind that's sneaked in. But that's okay. I mean, I'm not going to. But, but if you read this in Hebrew, the beginning of every verse, 10 through 31, is a letter of the Hebrew alphabet in order, okay, in, in order there to help folks memorize the Scripture, to help folks memorize the Scripture. Now, I know I have an intelligent audience, so some of you say, but, but Pastor Jim, that's only 22 verses, and there are 23 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, you know? I have an answer for you. Do y'all remember when Jesus said that the law wouldn't pass away, not one jot or one tittle would be changed until the whole law was fulfilled, right? Well, the letter S, which we would translate for S, shin or sin, can be two letters depending upon where the dot is. The shin looks a lot like a W in our alphabet, and if the, if the dot is on the left side, the, it's sin. If the dot is on the right side, it's shin. So it's two letters. Anyway, enough of that. I've picked out six. The reason I picked out six is because I like the number six. And the number six is the number of humanity, right? We were created on the sixth day of creation. So I've picked out six of these characteristics that I want to talk about just a little bit this morning. But I encourage you, I encourage you to look at all 22 of these verses and consider what they say. Of course, the beginning is Aleph, right? Aleph is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and the first thing it tells us here about, I'll put it this way, the presence of God or God's glory, I like that metaphor for it, is that it's more valuable than jewels, or the Hebrew actually says more valuable than pearls, more valuable than pearls, and we all know that. We all know that, but that's, that's, the, that's the first thing, Aleph. Or as Jesus would tell us later in the Sermon on the Mount, right? 633, Matthew 633, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be added to you, you know? It doesn't matter about anything else. If you're seeking God's righteousness and kingdom, you're going to be all right everything's going to be taken care of. Now, what does an Aleph sound like? This is interesting, too. It's silent. It's a silent letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Psalm 46, right? Be still and know that I am God. We need to spend time in silence to appreciate God's presence. 
skip down a couple of verses and we'll get to Gimel, the letter Gimel. And the verse there for Gimel says that God's presence or the wise woman does good all the days of her life. Does good all the days of her life. And no harm. And that's easy to remember because Gimel sounds like good or God. That's the sound that it makes. And a verse that I would like for us to tie a peg to to think about Gimel, and the thir- and actually that's the third verse that we read there, verse 12, is that is Genesis 2.18. Since we're talking about families and we're talking about relationships and we're talking about goodness, God said it's not good that man should be alone. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. We're made to be in relationship with each other. We're made to be in relationship with each other so we can raise up children in the admonition of the Lord to preserve the world, right? To preserve the world and to shine light into the world. The next one I want to pick on is... The verse that says, she rises while it's still dark, right? Gets up while it's still dark. Wah is the, is the letter that comes there. You know, wah is a lot like wow. You can spell it backwards and it's the same, okay? W-A-W. And wah sounds like W-N-W. Way in way. And for that, I want us to remember John 14, 6. Jesus said, What? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? That's what we remember there. And again, this portion of Proverbs 31 is a metaphor. God's presence, God's presence among us. The next letter I want us to learn of our six Hebrew letters that we're talking about this morning is Kaf, K-A-F, Kaf. And the, the verse that starts with the letter Kaf is, she opens her hands to the poor. And stretches out her arms to the needy. Calf, you know what calf? Calf sounds just like a K in king or kingdom, right? You know what? In the kingdom of God, there are no poor or needy. They're not there. And one of the things that God expects us to do to bring about the kingdom of God, right here, right now, it's at hand, Jesus told us, is our homework for this month, right? Leviticus 19, particularly the second part of that homework. Well, the first part's perfectly good, too. It's all good, you know. It's all the word of the Lord. But the second part of that word tells us how we should treat each other. And we shouldn't pick all the grapes out of our vineyard. 
We ought to leave some there. We shouldn't harvest every ear of wheat that comes up in our field. We ought to leave some there for people that might be coming through that don't have anything, right? So calf, that's what it's around. Calf reminds us of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God and helping those who are poor. James reminds us, right? James reminds us in James chapter 1, it tells us what the true religion is taking care of the orphan and the widow and their need, right? Now, I'm, since, we, since we are talking about families and, we're talk, and this is uh, Mother's Day celebration and all that, I want to talk a little bit about my family or a part of my family anyway. Now, I've, I've told you all probably more times than you want to hear that my mother's mother, my grandmother on my mother's side, was one of the greatest influences on me in my Christian life ever. She was a godly woman and inculcated in me many of my habits and much of the knowledge of the Bible that I have. I owe her a debt of gratitude for that. She's been gone for a number of years now. She passed away in uh, 1994, September the 2nd. But she had a cousin, you know. Oh, and by the way, her mother died when she was an infant. She wasn't, she, uh, she didn't have the benefit of being raised by a mother. Her father raised her and some other relatives. She even named herself. That was, that was a custom back in those days. They didn't, when babies were born, my, my grandmother was born in 1896. Uh, when babies were born back then, they didn't necessarily give them a name when they were first born. Especially since my grandmother was from Mississippi in that part of the world, they just called them baby that's what they call them. When I, I, and I think, I think she was about two when they asked her what she wanted her name to be. And she said she wanted to be named after her mother. So uh, that's the name she took. We called her Petsy. Anyway, my grandmother had a cousin, and we called her Cudden and, and her last name, but I'll, I'll keep her name and my other relatives that are here's names out of it for relaying the story, my grandmother's cousin lost her husband pretty early on in their marriage, and she had small children at the time. And back then, back then in the 1920s, it wasn't quite as easy as things are nowadays. But in any case, she worked very hard. She got up before sunrise to make sure that her children had something to eat and worked very, very hard and provided for her children and got them a good education, and they all went to college. Well, her, her oldest son came home from college one night, one Friday night. He had been off in college and uh, came home there to Sidon, a little, little bitty town in Mississippi on the Yazoo River, and he walked into his room, and there was somebody sleeping in his bed, you know? A Goldilocks story, I guess, right? Who's been sleeping in my bed? So he, he went and just went downstairs and went to sleep on the couch. And the next morning, he asked his mother, who is that in my room? 
And she said, oh, I've, I've taken in some people. There was another lady there in town whose husband was killed, and she had a couple of children, so she took her in. They didn't have any place to live. They didn't have any way to support themselves. Fast forward to uh, 2017, and I want to remind you all, this is, this is as good a place as any, no work of love or good is ever wasted. Sometimes it's analogous to a sower went out to sow. He threw the seeds out, right? You don't know what's going to happen to all those seeds. But when it comes to the case of loving action and good, it's eternal. It's eternal. Just like we are unceasing spiritual beings with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. So, I don't know all this this junk. Maybe some of y'all are better at it. This is like a second removed cousin of mine or something, you know, you know. And I like him very well. You know, some of those removed cousins, you're glad they're removed, right? But anyway, he had a stroke. Had a stroke. Lives lives here in Bernie. Had a stroke and needed a van. You know? I want you all to remember this sign out here when you come into the church that says van accessible. That's your memory peg for goodness and God's grace today. Van accessible. He needed a van. So his son, who is about my age, he's a couple years younger than me, but we're, we're more or less peers, removed cousins, whatever, found a place in Dallas that rented those kind of vans and had the one that they needed. And the guy's questioning, filling out the paperwork for the van and all that, and he says, and, and who is this for? And he told him. And he said, oh, he can use that van as long as he wants for nothing. He said, when I was growing up, his mother took in my mother, me, and my, my, and my brother and let us live in their house for a couple of years. So, how's that for taking care of your kids even after you're gone? Pretty incredible, huh? The fifth letter I want us to learn this morning is pay. P-E, pay, okay? And I want you to remember that the verse that starts with pay says... When she opens her mouth, or words to this effect, she speaks wisdom, and she teaches kindness. She teaches kindness. Wow, what a great thing to teach. Pay, the the P in pay, the pay, the the Hebrew letter pay sounds, you pronounce the P just like you would in peace, in the word peace. Peace goes along with kindness, so that's easy to remember sort of deal. And the Scripture I want to tie to that this morning for us to remember is Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not food or drink, but righteousness and peace and joy 
in the Holy Spirit. Pay. She opens her mouth with wisdom and teaches kindness. And then we get to, we had to get to sin, right? You know, you always got to get to sin. Sin is the problem there. So sin, I told you all, looked like a W, right? And most of you probably are familiar with it, and you didn't even know it. Can y'all, it's harder than it was when I was younger, but you know, you make the V of Vulcan, right? Yeah, there, there's, go Chelsea. She's got it on both hands, right? <laughs> Leonard Nimoy was Jewish, and he came up with that sign, and that is supposed to represent a shin or sin. Like I said, it depends where you put the dot. So whenever he was saying, live long and prosper, he was really reflecting his God-given Jewish heritage. Praise the Lord. I think that's a nice thing, you know. But the verse that starts with Shin is a wise woman, right, fears the Lord and is praised, right? She fears the Lord. The verse I'll give us for that one is Job 28, 28. There are many verses. If you do a word search, there are many verses in the Bible where, where the, the term fear of the Lord and all together uh, appears quite a few times, and then broken up appears a lot of times, a big number, probably higher than I can count. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Now, you know what's, what sin or shin sounds like? The sound that we need to remember is an S, just like the S in salt. You are the salt of the earth. Now go in peace, and as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.